Our text this morning is the, um, the Old Testament reading in Isaiah 30. Uh, just a couple of verses. Uh, actually, it looks like only one, verse 20. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now this might seem a little creepy to you, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you hear voices? I mean, when nobody's talking to you. You know, it it seems like a weird question. I guess it is a little bit, but uh, I think you probably would admit to hearing voices in a certain kind of way. For instance, I sometimes, uh, as we're singing a hymn or something, I can hear my father singing. It's, It's not like he's actually sitting there singing with me, but I can, in my mind, remembers his voice singing a particular hymn uh, because he it was, it was sort of uh, uh, different, I guess, you know, on those. So, I mean, am I hearing voices? Well, yes, but I think it's okay still because I'm not answering huh? or something. Uh, and I would suppose that you've all had some kind of experience. You know, you, you were with your parents a long time. Most of you were, and uh, and they talked to you, and they advised you, and they did a lot of things over your time of life. And uh, some people say that they hear uh, good advice from somebody that was trusted, uh, a, a parent or a grandparent or something like that. Uh, occasionally, we'll all have uh, a voice memory of some intense formative moment Well, we'll remember what somebody said. Uh, this is just... I, I know this is bad, but you, you do hear voices. It's just, it's okay, though. Uh, now, we have had reported to us many times from uh, Isaiah. We've heard lots of stuff from him, and, and Israel heard a lot from him, too. They, but uh, we you know, have to understand and remember that the, the, the voice may have been Isaiah's, but it was from God that he spoke through Isaiah the prophet. Uh, But they didn't listen. (laughs) Uh, You know, usually when you hear something that good, I guess if I heard God, I'd have to pay attention. If if, uh, Isaiah was here among us, I don't know. Well, if I knew what he was, I might pay attention. But sometimes you don't like what prophets say, and they didn't all the time. So they didn't listen to him much. And their lives are full of fear and oppression in those days because uh, God is sending enemies to uh, bring them down to some extent. They're they're hearing from Isaiah that uh, uh, Israel is going to be going away into exile. They don't like the message, and they didn't listen to the message, at least not yet, uh, uh, until they were in exile, and then they said, what did that guy say? And then they went back to listen to the voice. So here he says that the Lord waits to be gracious which kind of implies that at the moment, he's not being particularly gracious. He's waiting for the proper time. uh, And and that is until they see him as their God again. So, and this will happen when they get to exile, they realize their problem, they see their sin for what it was, and they wanna know what's going on with God. And so they go back and listen to him and they see him as their God again, which is good. And um, Isaiah reports to them that when this happens, they will see their teacher. 
Now, this is a little bit cryptic because uh, you know they would understand that to, to be God that they would see. He's the one who teaches them and they're supposed to pay attention. But what, what this is talking about uh, is uh, it's twofold. It's a little sneaky on one side because they're going to be returning to Jerusalem and they're going to put their temple up again. And then God will... Uh, so to speak, move back into where the ark is. If they, well, they don't have it anymore, but where the ark would be, and uh, he would be their teacher, and they wouldn't see him exactly, but they know where he was. And uh, and of course, the more obvious thing is that Jesus is coming, which is a, something that we know, uh, and they would see him with their own eyes. Um, now I know you probably don't hear God's voice in your head much, although you may review uh, a verse that you, has stuck with you for some reason uh, in your own head. I, I would say that that is God speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is influencing you. Uh, some claim that they actually hear God speaking to them. Uh, I know that that's not impossible because it's happened. Obviously, Isaiah was hearing that, but I'm a little skeptical when people talk like that. Uh, most of the world, on the other hand, would say, well, <laughs> There is no God, so it's imaginary anyway. So if he hears voices in the head, that's, you know, that's just kind of par for the course. If you don't hear him, and as I said, we kind of don't listen like that. Um, well, it's, it's easy enough to suppose that the world is right about it because you, you, you can't hear him. And why would he help any of us anyway? I mean, this is a, a, a fairly reasonable question. Uh, why would he bother speaking his wisdom to us if we're anything like Israel, they don't listen anyway? Uh, since we're just a bunch of outrageous sinners, um, there's no good cause for him to talk to us, especially not when we wander astray from whatever thoughts he's having and has reported and has expressed because it's too hard. Sometimes what he says is too hard and we don't want to do it. Sometimes it's uh, too unworldly and the world will think you're nuts if you try to do something like that. Uh, you know, there's things like uh, somebody kidnaps you, go an extra mile, or if uh, somebody slaps you upside the head, then you're supposed to give them the other side too. That stuff is looks like trouble if you're living in the world. <clears throat> Some things are, uh, seem too dangerous. If you get too expressive of uh, Jesus in a Muslim country, that could get you into some trouble. Uh, that's just an example. To something, sometime, you know, there's a lot of reasons why we wander off. <clears throat> so why would God bother with the likes of us? If you think about that at all, uh, you might be concerned. It really doesn't make much sense that he would deal with us in any way. But he does. <clears throat> now uh, that brings me to the uh, these apostles today, because they, uh, they are special in a way and not so special in other ways. Let me just uh, talk about it's Philip and James. Those are the two guys, uh, and we get two of them because they're not particularly spectacularly well known in the world uh, by their history. Uh, Philip. Um, you saw him talk to Jesus a little bit in the gospel reading today, and that was just about all he was known for. Uh, I think maybe he gets one or two more appearances in Scripture, and we don't really know much about what he did after that. The tradition of the church says that he went um, that he went north, 
Uh, it went up into Syria and into what we call Turkey and maybe possibly even up into Europe and his ministries, but we, all we have is some letters that say that might be true. Uh, he gets confused a lot with Philip the Elder or Philip the Deacon because uh, he's another guy that we actually see a lot of in the book of Acts. Then this other James. Well, James is a really confusing problem because there's three of them. <laughs> there might be some more. Uh, what you may not understand is that James's name comes to us in English as James, but his name in Scripture is Jacob, which is such a, a very common name. Uh, and and uh, I think we got James because King James had the Bible translated, and I don't know whether he just wanted to be that guy or what, but... Uh, and Jacob was not a happy name in King James's time. So maybe we got James, I don't know. Well, we don't know too much about his ministry either. We're told in, in tradition and in some other places that, uh, that he went west out of uh, Jerusalem when he took off. Uh, he went through Palestine, as we understand it now, uh, toward Gaza, down that way, through Sinai into Egypt even. Uh, that was the way he went. Now, uh, we don't know too much about them. Uh, their history is quiet. But we know that they were chosen by Jesus personally to be his, uh, two of his 12 apostles. You can't really get much higher recommendation than that. They did see him. It's like Isaiah was talking. They did see their teacher. He was right there with them. He, he, they ate with him. They talked with him. They laughed and cried with him probably. They, they heard him. And like you, they had the Holy Spirit. It's the same one that you have. It doesn't seem like it would be. But, of course, the Holy Spirit manifested in them differently than it does you. But they did uh, go out into the world to serve Jesus' principles and the things that he taught them. And, and wherever it is that they went, the church began to thrive. The, the church in, in Ethiopia and Egypt, even today, is, is ancient and, and very functional, uh, despite their persecutions. And of course, the whole Greek world might have benefited from, uh, from Philip touching with it. Um, and and uh, that is where the church started in those ways. But there's a lot that they did, a lot that happened just by them being there and going and doing what Jesus sent them to do. Now, you don't have the same experiences as they do, because, you know, here we are in Apopka. Uh, some of you have been here a long time. Uh, you, you see and you learn from Jesus in your life. This you do because you're here. You hear from him. You hear from his, his uh, word. Uh, you have the voice of God. Uh, no, as I said, you, you may not necessarily hear him speaking in your head, but there is that wee small voice of the Holy Spirit. And there is also the sometimes those little recalls that you have because God has spoken to you in your Bible. If you want to know what God says, that's where you go look because you know that that's where you can find him. You can always hear his voice there. You can hear him here in your church because people will speak to you about it. You have Christ's spirit of God in your heart right now, even as you sit here. That is a huge, monstrous advantage when you're uh, walking around in faith. And as you walk in this life, Jesus, who is the living Lord, the one who got up out of the tomb, the one who died for you, he has promised to be with you wherever you go in this life, always until the end of the age. That's what he says. And so he is with you.
he has promised you. As it turns out, it's the same promises that he made with Philip and James. Forgiveness of every sin. They're all gone. He uh, also has showed us the resurrection to life and eternity by his victory over his own death. This you have. This you have in testimony in scripture and in between each other believing these things as we have expressed our faith already today a couple of times. You have the testimony of the cross uh, as, as the witnesses have spoken of it and the things that Jesus said about that. And you have the empty tomb that even history knows is true. That, that they don't understand it, but they know that he wasn't in there. Uh, and that is there in history books all over the place from uh, almost from the beginning. You have the testimony there and all the promises that are attached are connected there. You can also be fully and completely assured that as you walk in this life, wherever you walk and however things are going, uh, that, uh, as you serve your Lord in all things, because that's what the Spirit does in you, that's what it accomplishes in you, you're, you're going to see your teacher. Uh, these guys saw him as he walked around in the flesh until that 40th day when he ascended into heaven, but... Uh, He's told us that he's coming back and that you will see him with your own eyes. We heard that from Job on Easter morning. You're going to see Jesus. You're going to see him with your own eyes. And as you walk now, you can know that the same spirit and the same word that Philip's and, uh, Philip and James had, uh, that's his voice speaking to you every day that you want to look there. He's with you always, always to the end. There is uh, this little bit in, in verse 18 that I found interesting. It says, blessed are all those who wait for him. Because, you know, remember it said early on that uh, he waits to be gracious. <laughs> so we got to wait for him to be gracious. Uh, except for us, he's already been gracious. In Christ. So, so uh, what does it mean that we wait? I guess is a good question. Uh, of course, he's going to come again. But uh, it, it, that word is very interesting in Hebrew and, and in Greek and, and in other languages as well. It always comes with a bunch of extra things connected to it. So, uh, when it says wait, uh, it, it isn't just you know like you're in line at Disney or something. It's it's like. Uh, that you expect him to come. It's more positive than just waiting. You, you wait with expectation. It's part of that same word where you know he's coming. Uh, and, and you wait uh, almost impatiently sometimes for him to come and get you. But the other thing that's under there uh, is hope. And it's not the kind of hope that, you know, maybe something is going to happen. It's, uh, you know, I, I hope that they do what they said they would do. It's not like that. In this particular case, that hope is certainty because it comes from the promise of God that you would see him and that he would be gracious to you and that he would show mercy to you, which he desires always to do. He's coming. You don't have to wonder if he's coming or if he's going to help you when he comes. You know because the Holy Spirit is in you, assuring you of these things in the same exact way that Philip and James knew these things in hope, 
in waiting and expectation and, well, sometimes with patience, sometimes not. But that's not our best thing all the time. Hang on to that hope, though. That one, that one works all the time. You will see him. He has promised. His cross and his empty tomb assure you of such things, and it will be so. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.